and welcome to Cultivating Conversations. I'm Claire Nazir. In this show, we're talking solutions to food waste. Rotting food produces methane, and to put that in perspective, with 7.9 billion people on the planet, a third of food goes to waste. The volume of unnecessary methane due to food waste being emitted into the atmosphere daily is frankly quite absurd. And given the large number of people hungry in the world, this is not only a drain on water, land and energy, it's totally unfair. Yet the problem is so solvable. There are many solutions out there, from growing fruit and veg close to highly populated areas like vertical farms, buying locally and seasonally and being mindful of use. However, many across the world, the issue is a lack of refrigeration. And that's why it's so important to support those who are creating clever solutions. So let's hear from one company doing just that. Ripe Labs, based out of Seattle, are award-winning. Amongst many recognitions, they won Best Packaging at the Food Innovation Awards 2019, Most Sustainable Innovation at South Summit, Clean Tech 50 to Watch in 2022, and most recently, COP27's Top Global Startup. Introducing Oscar Valderim, CTO, and Moody Solomon, CEO and co-founder of Ripe Labs who began by telling me how it felt to win their latest award. Uh, it was uh, it was really um, uh, once in a lifetime experience for for myself, especially because, um, you know, uh, being originally from Egypt and having COP27 take place in Egypt uh, serendipitously was uh, was quite an experience. Uh, in general, um, I think, uh, you know, winning that kind of award is is validation uh, to the to the work that we're doing. Uh, and the impact of the work that we're doing here at Ripe Labs, um, and so we're, uh, you know, it made it particularly exciting to to win this award. Oscar, you know, you're obviously part, an integral part of the team. How does it feel to know that people have really got an eye on your product, and it's just going to just get bigger and better from here on in, particularly when you've been recognised? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a great recognition, I think, about the importance of uh, the problem that we are trying to solve. Uh, reducing food waste is a huge problem that has a lot of, you know, secondary impacts like environmental impact, climate impact, and also uh, recognition of the promise of our technology platform that we are developing in order to address that, uh, that big, huge problem. So seeing that, you know, we are being recognized uh, by many different uh, organizations and uh, institutions uh, feels really great. And the and the interesting thing that, uh, from my perspective, is uh, yes, we are operating in ag tech space. We are trying to extend the shelf life of perishable foods, but oftentimes we are uh, we are referred to as a climate tech organization too, and uh, that kind of highlights and uh, I think underlines the importance of what a big problem that is and what a, uh, how many different uh, different factors go into it. So Moody, let's just get into the uh, the nitty gritty, as we say in England. Tell us what your product is, why you created it, and what is the challenge? What is the what was the challenge you you were facing there and trying to solve? Yeah, so you know when when we're asked that question, Claire, what we really like to point to is just really the the staggering statistics behind food waste, right? And that every minute, literally every minute that passes by, we're wasting enough food to feed over one million people for a day. And we know that that very same food waste will typically end up in landfills releasing over 6,000 metric tons of CO2 gas. And that's happening every single minute. 
Uh, and so it's it's clearly a, an economical problem, a social problem, an environmental problem. And when we looked at this from Rife Lab's perspective, we recognized that if we're going to have a meaningful impact with this with this type of solution, it has to be easy to use, can be applied anywhere along the supply chain, um, and is scalable. So it can be used by the largest of distributors and packing houses to the smallest small smallholder farmer. Um, and so that's exactly what we uh, did at Rife Labs. So over the last five years, uh, what we ended up doing was turning to nature and researching biomimicry solutions. So how can we harness the power of nature um, to repurpose that and use it to extend the shelf life of fresh produce and therefore reduce food waste? Uh, and so we ended up developing a natural, safe, bioactive formulation that can be applied to a variety of surfaces, including stickers. And that's really our, our flagship product where then you can simply peel the sticker, apply it to your fresh produce, releases those same bioactive, uh, safe, natural compounds to extend the shelf life. And therefore we've introduced a simple, scalable, and easy to use solution um, that can be applied anywhere along the supply chain. It's just fantastic. I mean, you know, I've looked at your website, I've read everything about you. It's so neat and it works. You know, it's, I don't think it's rocket science. Um, and it's, as you say, a global problem we have here. And the amount of emissions, which are just not necessary, they really aren't. So what you're doing is just extending the life of um, fresh produce. But Oscar, tell me what produce really responds best to to this product? Yeah, so uh, so as we said, you know, we are uh, we are developing technology platforms using a, a lot of nature-inspired solutions to uh, to extend the shelf life of uh, perishable fruits and uh, fruits and vegetables uh, produced, right? So it turns out there are a lot of different types of uh, failure modes uh, or uh, the the ways uh, fresh produce get wasted and then their shelf life is limited. So we are uh, focusing on a technology platform that actually uh, tries to suppress the microbial spoilage or fungal spoilage. So if you think about uh, a lot of the products that you buy uh, and enjoy at home, uh, for example, berries uh, are a prime example of that. We all love them, uh, but you know they don't have a very long shelf life, right? If you just forget them on the counter, after a few days, they will start getting moldy and spoiled. So those kind of products, uh, I, think, uh, I think, are especially interesting for our technology to be applied to. But how does it work with berries? Because obviously there, I can see how it would work for a mango or a banana, but with something which is so numerous, how, tell me how that translates. That's an excellent question. Uh, so uh, so we, we, we talked about the example of applying stickers to individual pieces of fruit, right? Obviously, you know, berries, if you have like uh, strawberries, you're not going to uh, put one sticker on each each berry, right? And that kind of, you know, uh, goes back to the versatility of our technology platform that we are developing. We are really developing these uh, bioactive, uh, nature-inspired solutions that can be put in many different types of product formats that are suitable for different applications. Applications. In the case of berries, excellent question. Uh, most of the time, as you know, they come in little boxes or clamshells and uh, some kind of container. So we are also developing our technology platform to be applied directly to the insides of these boxes or containers. In that way, you don't actually have to put a sticker on each berry, but you can put our product on the inside of the box that contains the berries and uh, get the exact same effect. It's just, uh, it's clever. I mean, I always 
try and work out how I can keep my bananas fresh for longer. And one of the things was suggested that you don't put it with any other fruit and it just like has to be isolated. But, you know, everybody's got busy lives and you want something which is functional and pretty much does the job for you. Tell me now about your location, because you're based in Europe and North America. And I presume you've got a cornered market there anyway. Yeah, so so you know we're we're based in the United States, where um, you know up to up to a third of the world's produce uh, is actually uh, consumed, uh, and so it's it's a, from a consumer standpoint, um, and from just the size of the market, uh, it was um, you know it, it it works out well to be based in in the United States. But as we look to build out the rest of our team, uh, we really did not want to be limited to one geographical location. We want to work with the best and the brightest. Uh, and it just so happens that we found a, uh, um, a fantastic group in, in KU Leuven, uh, in collaboration with KU Leuven in Belgium. Uh, and so we ended up establishing uh, one of our R&D facilities there that's focused on more of the biological work. Um, Leuven and uh, um, the area in particular is, uh, uh, is very rich with, uh, with uh, talent in that particular field, in that particular area. Uh, and so uh, it made a lot of sense for us to establish our headquarters there as well as in the United States. Um, but that really uh, is just the start. Um, again, the beauty of this technology is its scalability, uh, is its ease of use, which means it can be and will be applied in, in the most remote uh, locations. And regardless of uh, socioeconomical status or um, e even the infrastructure or the lack thereof, uh, this is a technology that can be used and will be used uh, anywhere in the world. And so we're, um, of course, starting in the U.S. and Europe naturally, um, but we're very excited about especially the developing markets that need this um, perhaps as much, if not more, than, than the current markets that we're, uh, we're launching. It's interesting just coming back to Belgium and, and your lab in Belgium because there seems to be these hubs of technology and innovation which once there are a few there which are excelling, it attracts uh, an infrastructure or a community of innovators and, and, and leaders. Uh, you know, for example, Cultivated Meat in, uh, in Israel, the, the Singapore hub, you know, North Carolina. And was that something in particular in Belgium that they had these particular skills, particularly post-harvest? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're spot on in terms of, uh, you know, uh, two, two factors, really. The first is just the general uh, startup ecosystem that's available in Belgium and the incentives, which uh, then have to go back to the government. And, you know, the credit goes back to the Belgian government there, that they recognize that to attract cutting edge startups, high-tech startups, such as Ripe Labs, uh, there has to be some incentives there and, uh, you know, such as tax credits, for example, that will really help these cash-strapped startups to establish a presence there and grow. Um, so that was one element was just the, uh, the startup ecosystem in general. And then when you look at the talent pool uh, of microbiologists and physiologists and plant physiologists and whatnot, um, it also just, as you, as you noted, um, you know, you get uh, one or two successful companies in the region, they start to attract the talent, uh, and then it becomes, it starts to make a lot of sense for other companies to move there so that they can capitalize on that talent. And then being geographically located right there next to KU Leuven, where there is a lot of very um, bright and talented scientists graduating 
on a you know on a on a on an annual basis uh, gives us the kind of talent that we're looking for uh, at Right Plans. That's it's good to hear as well because you have to have that that sort of pool of talent fueling your business so that you can focus on all the other things. And let's get to distribution now. So we understand the science well. You've explained the science and also the location and that you're expanding into the rest of the world. And something like you have, it's so scalable. And that's just the brilliance of Sticks Fresh, isn't it? It just you can just pretty much create it, make it anywhere. Do you have any manufacturing uh, facilities elsewhere in the world? So we're currently, uh, our manufacturing takes place primarily in Seattle. Um, that's where we're starting. Uh, but really, again, in, in, you know, in the spirit of developing this technology that can be applied anywhere in the world, uh, our, we've, we've developed these mag- modular manufacturing facilities that can be um, really drop shipped anywhere in the world. Uh, and uh, what this will allow us to do is, uh, you know, especially after coming out of COVID and, and seeing how the supply chain can completely collapse almost overnight and, and um, the challenges that various businesses and, and even everyday people were experiencing um, because of those supply chain uh, issues and challenges uh, can be circumvented when we are able to manufacture this in, in other locations around the world and not be limited to one centralized location that ships everywhere. And also from just, you know, uh, being a climate tech technology, being a climate tech company, as Oscar has mentioned, um, you know, in that spirit, it aligns better with our mission uh, to reduce our carbon emissions of shipping product all over the world and actually manufacturing right then and there. Yeah, I was going to ask you about your your supply chain, how transparent it was, Oscar, particularly um, in the the type of ingredients that you use to create your product. Yes, uh, that's absolutely right, and uh, you 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 point out an interesting point because uh, as we are uh, doing the early development, we are uh, we are always thinking many steps ahead, right? You know, when we scale these products uh, to levels where uh, it will uh, it it might be challenging to to procure them, uh, supply chain is definitely something that we are always uh, very mindful of during the COVID times. You know. It, big disruptions to the supply chain. I think that was a that was a very interesting learning experience for a lot of companies like us and ourselves, uh, for sure, to, uh, to, to, to plan for it. Do you feel like you're getting a lot of support because that's your remit, because you have a, something which is sustainable, that is a, a low carbon footprint? Do you think you're more attractive to investors and certainly you're within the regulation of the countries you're supplying to? Absolutely. Uh, it, it plays a huge role, I think. You know, one of the things that, that I like to point out to Claire is when we first started about five years ago uh, and we'd go and we'd visit some of the pilot customers we're working with today, uh, they'd have an R&D team of, of, you know, a couple people that just did everything you can imagine, you know, from, yes, shelf life extension technology, sustainability, but also to, you know, machinery and the vision systems they have on their processing lines and uh, and everything you can imagine R&D, right? And, and so you were talking to this person that had a lot going on um, and, uh, and, and was just working on, on various projects. Well, fast forward a few years later uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's really all about timing because what we noticed and what we learned was that these very same pilot customers that we were working with five years ago that just had a couple of R&D people now have an entire department or division that's particularly focused on just sustainability and shelf life extension technologies. 
Um, and so from that standpoint, uh, it's just been, you know, amazing to see how this, is, this has evolved over the last few years and that sustainability now is at the forefront of everyone's mind, and especially food waste. Uh, and from an investor standpoint, uh, I think, you know, this is really one of the, the easiest pitches we've ever had to do, right? Because food waste just resonates with everyone. Everyone, regardless of, you know, their, their social income, their status, where they are in the world, they experience food waste at some level. Uh, and so at the end of the day, we're just talking to people, right? Regard if they're, whether they're a VC or an angel investor or just a, you know, an average Joe just walking down the street. It resonates with everyone. Everyone experiences food waste, uh, and everyone can understand, uh, you know, the value of having something as simple as a sticker that you can apply to your food or your package of food to extend the shelf life. Tell me about um, the sort of the technology and how it's developed and evolved over ten years. I've spoken to other people who have created something and a novel product, who have said like ten years ago we couldn't have created this. Is that something which you would agree with, or would you say for Stick Fresh, actually everything was there already because you're mimicking nature, so it was just putting all the parts together? Yeah, this is a very interesting question, Claire. Um, I think you know a couple of perspectives to that. I think you know uh, for scientists and technologists to look uh, look at nature uh, to get inspiration from, and then maybe like apply some of the solutions that the nature has already evolved. Uh, that's always a good idea uh, as a uh, at least as a starting point. Um, in terms of you know why uh, these kind of you know sustainability oriented and more environmental friendly solutions now, uh, as opposed to you know ten years ago, twenty years ago, as you know there is a, a very big desire uh, globally across the world through many governments and regulatory agencies and bodies and from the consumers too, to move away from uh, synthetic pesticides, things that can actually be harmful to the environment for um, or, uh, or to human health and, uh, and what have you. Uh, I think, you know, uh, that is one of the big reasons why these naturally inspired solutions that are already in nature and figured out a way of existing in that ecosystem are kind of like starting to gain more traction right now. Uh, and uh, of course, you know, combined with their efficacy and uh, state of the art engineering and science applications and perspectives to kind of bring those solutions together and then make them applicable to some real world situations. Uh, that's probably, you know, uh, what you're seeing right now. Right now the convergence of all these forces coming together right now and timely and really we're running out of time so it couldn't come any quicker i mean it's 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 so imperative and important that people like you are part of the solution so we can get to where we need to be uh, tell me about countries i'm just throwing this in here really uh, because we were talking to a company about vertical farming and refrigeration, etc. And there are countries out there that refrigeration is not really a, a part of their household utility. And I presume something like your product works really well and is cost effective. Is that correct? I'm talking, I'm thinking about India, actually, particularly through the sort of pre-monsoon where everything is just too hot and, and food probably wastes very quickly. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. I think you're once again spot on with that assessment, Claire. That you know the uh, the beauty of this technology and its potential is that um, it doesn't uh, it doesn't require uh, you know complex infrastructure to be in place. It doesn't require uh, large capital equipment uh, to be applied. It's it's quite simple. 
uh, and it can be applied and it has been applied and tested both at room temperature and at refrigerated temperatures. Um, and so, of course, you know, uh, depending on the environmental conditions, whether it's applied in refrigeration or applied at room temperature, the results vary. But we have definitely shown that we can extend the shelf life of certain produce, applying it uh, at room temperature and at hotter temperatures. It's a bigger challenge, um, but it's uh, it's you know it, it's a problem that you have to come at from a variety of of different angles. Um, and so this is particularly why this technology has its the potential that it has in developing countries that lack that kind of infrastructure. So tell me, just give me an example um, of how many days you can extend, say, let's talk about a mango, uh, which is quite versatile and quite a hardy fruit, to be honest. How, with, with one of your stickers, how long would it, would it last for, say, in a, in a temperature which is above average for, for that, that season? Yeah, so it, it would really depend, of course, obviously on, on the variety of the mango and the existing shelf life. But we've uh, seen, you know, we've added anywhere from two days to the shelf life of certain mangoes under certain conditions up to 14 days. Um, and yeah, and that really depends, of course, on the type of mango. And this is why it's, you know, going back to the question of, you know, how this technology has continued to evolve and what was possible 10 years ago and what is possible now. Um, is that we're we're learning as we go, and this is a very complex problem to solve because people forget that just because that fruit has been picked off the tree, um, it's still a living, living, breathing organism. Um, you know that has an immune system uh, that is uh, impacted considerably by even just a variation of a couple of degrees in, in temperature, um, and so all we take all these things into consideration. Uh, and we're taking all these factors into play and, and developing something that can work for the customer under their specific environmental conditions. And when you talk about the customer, we're not just talking about big supermarkets here. It, it's restaurants, it's it's airlines. I mean, it, the applications are, it just pushes into every part of society. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, again, you know, this is what's particularly exciting and, and really why we love this technology, because it can be applied anywhere along the supply chain. Um, however, you know, we always have to remind ourselves, you know, and as, as any prudent startup should do, if you try to do everything, you'll end up doing nothing. And so we're particularly focused on uh, the larger distributors and packing houses and the larger retailers at this point in time. Uh, you know, large centralized operations uh, they control their fruits quite you know through standardized steps throughout their supply chain so um, it gives us more predictability in the outcome of uh, shelf life extension however as uh, you know osgur and, and the great team behind osgur continues with the development and r d work that they're doing today we'll be able to further optimize the technology so that as we go either up or down the supply chain into where you know the market then becomes a lot more fragmented, there's a lot more variability in how people use and how people treat their fruits. Uh, we, we believe and we have full confidence in our team to be able to further optimize the technology so that it can be one day, um, you as an end consumer can go pick up a pack of the stickers, go home and apply it directly to your fruit um, and, and see the benefits of the technology right there in your fridge. What's next? So you've talked about the versatility of your, your product and it's not just stickers. It can actually be in a base um, within fruits, etc. Where Where do you go next? Where do you go next with, with, it, with the innovation and what you've learned so far? 
Uh, yeah, that's another excellent question, Claire. Uh, so, uh, so like we alluded to several times, uh, we are really focusing very hard on developing and strengthening our technology platform. And uh, that means that, you know, uh, investigating different uh, compounds uh, that might actually be effective in different kinds of applications or use cases investigating different materials and uh, materials and substances to uh, to use in our products uh, to contain and deliver those substances so we are doing a lot of materials engineering a lot of biological sciences to continue strengthening and developing our technology platform so that's one part of it but in the in the uh, front end you know what you would see from that is enabling of many different types of products that are suitable and that are more optimized for many different use cases either from a uh, from a from from a shape and application form factor perspective, or from a use case perspective, you know, maybe like different temperatures, different climates, different types of fruits. Uh, that is really, you know, our technical vision uh, to, to continue strengthening uh, this, uh, this technology platform to enable many different types of products for different mm-hmm. use cases. I mean, I'm just thinking off the top of my head and particularly referring back to COVID and some of the um, inoculations were, had such a very limited shelf life which meant probably a lot was lost. It does translate, doesn't it? It's something that you're creating there. I'm sure there has to be applications away from perishable fruit. Uh, Absolutely. You know, we, again, we're particularly focused on fruits and vegetables today, right? Um, Where where we will naturally uh, see opportunities beyond fruits and vegetables is continuing down, you know, into the further into the food industry, including uh, meat, seafood, dairy, grains, alternative meats, but then what we've already started to see is potential application in the cut flower industry, for example. So believe it or not, um, yeah, roses and, and cut flowers suffer from very much of the same uh, problems that fruits and vegetables have today. Uh, the reason why we ended up in K. Leuven is because our, um, uh, our former chief scientific officer was uh, working on these compounds for the past 15 years on the human application side of things. Um, uh, so there is definitely applications beyond just the food industry uh, when it goes back to what Osgur had uh, mentioned, which is biomimicry natural solutions that are right there in front of us that we can harness uh, and uh, and apply in our everyday life. It's fantastic. It's really inspiring. And my final question really is, it, you know, from, from being a startup to scaling up, let's talk about leadership. You've got your product. You know that you can scale up. How do you then manage the challenges of being able to make it happen successfully and still keep your sanity. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's that's another great question, Claire. So I'll say, you know, number one is, again, uh, we, we've said it several times here on the call, focus, um, staying very focused uh, and uh, having uh, clarity in terms of what our short-term and our long-term objectives are, uh, building a fantastic team of much much smarter, much more capable uh, people than myself. Um, and, you know, and I'm sure, you know, it extends to Stephen Osgar as well. And, uh, and then setting them up for success. Um, you know, that's, that's our number one responsibility here is providing them with the resources necessary to be successful. Uh, and then, you know, the, the, the last um, piece that's quite important is, uh, is also just, you know, more on the, on the human side of things is to just uh, remember to, um, you know, pause and, and look how far you've gotten uh, and celebrate these successes. 
um, because, uh, you know, often as a startup, we're always caught up into what's next. You know, we, we won that award at COP27 and literally a couple hours later, we're on calls and thinking, okay, what's next? What do we have to do next? And so just taking, you know, taking that time to recognize how far along we've come, I think is important for any startup uh, and motivating for what's what's still to come. Fantastic. Well, to both of you, first of all, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and your insight and just huge applause and congratulations to all your achievements so far, not only because you are successful, but because you're solving a massive global problem and something which has to be addressed now rather than just down the line. So we appreciate all the work that you have done, Oscar and Moody. Thank you very much for your time. So huge gratitude going out there to Ripe Labs. My thanks to you also for listening. I'm Claire Nazir and this is Cultivating Conversations, a Chaseman Global production.